Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley, Harley Davidson. This show is also supported by DK Creations in Slacks Creek for all your metal fabrication requirements. Our guest today is John Hafey. John is a successful motorcycle racer and has been part of the industry for many decades now. John has been able to share his many years of extensive industry experience to many other racers and help them achieve their goals within the motorcycle racing sector. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on our channel and give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, John Hafey. How are you, Mick? Mate, I am really good. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come in and see me. Yeah, no worries. Who's John Hafey? I'm not sure. Controversial character, I think. Yeah? Yeah, apparently. Mm. Over, over, over many years within the industry. Yeah. Um, and, and you've probably but you've been in the industry longer than you haven't really, I guess, eh? Absolutely. All my life. How does that feel? Yeah, it's really good now. To look back on that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The, obviously there's been a lot of bumps in the road, but there's been a lot of good times and, you know, it's, it's good. Good fun. I, I, would, I couldn't do anything else. I don't know what else I would do. Is that funny to, to sort of sit there now and, you know, think, think of it like that? Like where, where would you have gone if you didn't uh, pursue motorcycle or motorcycle industry? Oh, I have no idea. No, no clue? No. Yep. No. Motorcycles grabbed me really early, really, really early. And my family don't have any history of motorcycles. Really? No. No. So, okay then, take it back to there. Where, where did it start for you then, if, if you had no family history? Uh, my father's brothers, I guess. Yeah. Um, their kids got me into it. They, they gave me a Deltec rock hopper as a hand-me-down. Really? Yeah. I won't say what year. But, so, it had, but it had a seven in front of it. So a Deltec rock hopper is sort of like, remember that, that era I'm guessing was where they made like a Bridgestone motorcycle um, and yeah. everything that sort of was a similar sort of guild. Is that right? It's got a Victor. Victor motor? Victor 125 power plant, mate. Yep. Full now, start. Now you're a collector a bit of stuff. Do you still have it? Yep. You do? <laughs> yep. Because um, I know we've spoken a few times because you do push bikes as well. Mm. Yes. Are you, are you a, just a collector of things that you've ridden or raced or are you just someone that just enjoys the, uh, the history of the, these oh, sports? Absolutely, the history of the sport. Yep. Um, you know, the collection's gone up and down over the years with the bumps in the road. Uh, I guess I, I have been trimming it lately down to the things that I raced or the things that mean a lot to me. Yeah. Yep. And when you got that Deltec, was that before a push bike or was this uh, no, push not, bikes with a thing? No, not before a push bike, but, yeah. it, you know, I, I can remember the very first day riding it. Still. The Deltec? Yeah. Yeah. What, what part do you remember? Were you, were you nervous or was it something you just... My auntie, who's dad's older sister, all I remember is her telling me to harden up because I fell off and, you know, we didn't wear helmets or anything then. Yep. And, um, <laughs> I think my nose bled for about an hour and a half. Wow. And um, she's holding my head over the sink and trying to, you know, how the, yeah. And I'm crying, and she's like, "You need to harden up," you know. Can you imagine that nowadays? <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, well, probably needs to be more of it. For sure, for sure. <laughs> where is um? Where was this at? Uh, Toowoomba. We we lived on um, sort of semi acreage out of town. We had five acres. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, just on the western side of Toowoomba. Great breeding ground for um, starting out on motorcycles. Yes. Yes. Now that that uh, was it. A, was it a good memory? Like we like from day one. We, like I've told people on here before. I, my first day was uh, until getting on it. 
um, was nervous as anything, didn't want to be part of a motorcycle, even though my family was heavily into it. When I got it, I'm... Were you like that, or were you just you just wanted? Yeah, well, it? I, I guess it was the opposite because my family weren't into it. So you just wanted it. Yep. Yeah, and I know Dad used to run into town on a Sunday morning, and I'd always say, "Can you get me a motorbike magazine, Dad?" You know. Yeah. And he'd bring one back, and sometimes I rode racing magazines, but it yeah. didn't worry me. I read it cover to cover. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a ho- hobbyist when you got that Dell Tech hobby riding, just learning yeah. around paddocks and yeah, around the yard and many people into it uh, in Toowoomba at that time. Well, it was hard to know, you know. I was only rode around my own yard. Ah, okay, yep. And then uh, I think um, the same cousins uh, got me a YZ80D. Wow. Not long after. I guess I might have been seven or eight. I'm not sure. It was too big for me and too powerful. And it didn't go very often. And I do remember (laughs) once begging mum to ride it one afternoon after school because the rules were certainly not, you know, not until dad got home. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how I talked her into it, but, you know, eventually I had her out the, you know, in the front of the house, pushed starting me down the driveway, you know. I don't know, was it 80? Yeah, and, and it, that next thing it took off and went down the hill beside the dam and st- straight into the uh, Besser Block pump station. And I think I got confiscated for at least a year after that. Damn. Yeah, it was a bummer. It <laughs> is a bummer. <laughs> yeah. These are influential years. <laughs> so really, really, so that was goodbye to the YZ for that time. Yeah, for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Did you were you able to, um, you know, find anyone else at this time, like wandering mm. around push bikes and that? Had some great friends up the up the street. Yeah. That that had bikes as well, and you know we we were just always out on the BMXs and yeah, cool in the paddock, and then I, I do I vividly remember I think there was an ad or it might have been a news clip on the sports channel about Mr. Motocross at Tivoli. Yeah, right. And I remember, all I remember is mum or dad, I'm not sure which one, saying, do you want to do that, son? And I said, yes. And shortly after, we got an RM50. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, they took me out to the local club, which was at Charlton Speedway at the time, next yeah. door. Damn, so so that's sort of where, like, the foundation of things like racing and stuff started Yeah, that's there. how it started, yeah. And yeah. that was motocross within the Speedway place, yeah. was it? Yep. Yeah, yes. Uh, what, what, what happened to that place? Uh, obviously, over time, just disappeared, I'm guessing. Yeah, the club moved eventually. But, you know, it was there for, that would have been 1980 or 81. Yeah. And it was there until, I think, 86. Do you remember your first time on that YZ? Like, do you remember what you thought? No. It would have been a, a crazy powerful animal of a bike. Yeah, I was old. probably too young. I just remember hitting that pump station, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Vividly. Yeah. So did you get to that Mr. Motocross at Tivoli? No, but, you know, very fortunate to grow up in Toowoomba because Mr. Motocross came to Mountain Man. Well, Mountain Man was at yep. Echo Valley and shortly after that Mr. Motocross arrived. So we used to go there for sure. And then later dates you got to race it, obviously. Hey? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we'll get to that obviously, mate. But yeah. um, that that, uh, that that's an iconic event mm. for a lot of people. It, our best best of the best of all um, had a chance to do that. I'm guessing, hey. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so at Charlton, you just did motocross, got into that sort of thing, bit of BMX yeah. along the way. Yeah, I always had. To, well, I did race BMX once, but yeah. to be honest, I was nowhere. You know. So I'm, why why have a passion for BMX bikes? As you, as I you, was just lived for it when I was a kid and, I, and I, I'd always rode it. Yeah. And I wished I could ride BMX, but I guess my little legs are just... just not, new they're just not built for pedalling. You know, yeah. and I'm mountain bike now and I'm still... I'm, I might go downhill, but I'm nowhere climbing. Show us your arm. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that this morning. Yeah. Narang. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're, you're riding a fair bit too, aren't you? You're on the, yes. on the mountain bike a couple of times yes. a week. Yeah, really enjoy it. Do, do you like just love love that or is it just is, – is, does that give you a chance to like ride something with two wheels that's closer to a motorcycle? Or? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's addictive, yeah. eh? Yeah. Damn things. Yeah. After the RM50. Yes. Which they didn't make much longer after that, didn't they? They, no. they converted over to the JR. It was a very uncompetitive bike, to be honest. Like, I think I won a lot of races at my local club. But yep. I remember the first title meeting that mum and dad took me to down at Wheel Standers. And yep. I think I got there and there was, you know, 700 bikes. and 700? Yeah, it was a big sport then. Wow. And there was probably 660 Yamahas. <laughs> was it was it 60? 50, 60, 60, 80, 100, yeah. So some of those classes, Yamaha were the only people that made a bike. For someone that's been in, in, in the sport for so long, like you, you must look back at that with 700 competitors mm. and, you know, we go to an event now and we've been to a few events lately together and people talk about we've got good entries at 160. Yeah, I know, yeah. How much things have changed in, in regards to it's gone so up. many different sports. Yeah, it's gone stuff. up and down. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing though, that that's 700. We did hit those numbers again around 2000. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It yep. got pretty, you know, it got pretty popular up until the uh, GFC yeah. time, you know. Yes. Again, you know, so there's no reason why it can't go back to the to that either. I, I feel uh, it, it will. Yeah, that's, that's it's how just cycles, go. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. That's how things go. So down at Tivoli, how how how'd you go? Obviously under under competitive bike at wheel standards. Uh, yeah, wheel oh, standards. Yeah, so no, no, just couldn't. Nowhere. Nowhere. I don't think my dad took me back the second day. <laughs> It's just not happening. Yeah, I was probably really psyched out. It was very confronting for me. Yeah, well, it would have been, I guess. You know, my local club, I think there was six in my class, yep. you know. And then you go to something like that. Yeah. I could only imagine what it, what it you know, as a eight-year-old or nine or whatever yeah. age you are. And there was mud. Time. Yeah, right. Something different to what you would have ridden in. Yeah, I've never seen that. Mud on a RM50. <laughs> you got, what, uh, eight-inch rims? Probably. 10, 12, they are. 12? Yeah. Are they yeah. 10, 12? Yeah. Yeah. Bit harder. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's all part of learning. Yeah. It is. It is for sure. Mm. Okay. So once you got through all that sort of period, what, what was the next sort of bike up? Did you get to, a, did you go to 125 or did you? No. So the, obviously the next step's an 80. Yeah. And I think mum and dad went out on one Thursday night and went to every dealer in Toowoomba and yeah. um, kind of the best reception they got was at the Kawasaki shop. And... I think Dad remembered from the, the meeting at Wheelstanders, a good friend of mine now was winning in the 9 to 10 class on a KX80. Yeah. So Dad was like, oh, I've seen one of those go all right, you know. And, and the salesman there, or the owner, did a fantastic job, so they brought it home. Wow. And yeah, I really took off then. And was it was it a good bike? Yeah. It was? Yeah. yeah. At I'd, the time? I had some massive crashes on it because it was only really little. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good. Do you remember the dealer up there? Like, are you friends yeah. with him now? And no, he's not with us anymore. But okay, yep. he he become like a second dad to me. Wow. Yep. That I, I think, and I, I grew up in Ballina. Um, we had a motorcycle store right next to where I lived, and those people do become your family. Mm. You know, like especially if you're into it. And I remember as a kid, you know, that that's the fondest memories. And you, you know, you have such an attachment to your motorcycle dealer as a kid. You to know, Joe. You, yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. Uh, yeah Joe really? And, and the Martins. That's why you didn't dive from the cigar smoke. Nah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, so I, I lived right right next door to Seaside Motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, They're good friends of mine. Um, so um, 
Jeff and Barry, obviously the, mm-hmm. the business partners in that. They're still um, close, close family friends, and um, but those people are like a family. You know, you, you you're next to the bike store, you're part of the bike store, and uh, yep. you know, I, I I don't hang around bike stores enough now to to know if it's still the same. But you knew everything about that bike store at that age. They were family. Yeah, I lived there. That was you did? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. If I wasn't at school. It was there. Yeah. And sometimes I wasn't at school. Just to go there. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, so did you start travelling with the, with the KX at that point? You're saying you started to get um, yeah. better and more comfortable, but did you have to... Yeah, anyhow, <clears throat> 80, well, about midway through 82, yep. I was winning all my races at the local club and I didn't really have much competition in my age. Yeah. And this guy turned up. And he also had a KX80. Right. And um, I remember he took off in the start, you know, and practice and fishtailed his way all the way down the straight. So, you know, he was pretty erratic. Yeah. He was very quick. And, I um, mean, yeah, he became my main rival for the next five years, I guess. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And equaled out wins, you know? Oh, like, I would say so. Yeah. Um, he was really aggressive. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of that year, we kind of got the new water-cooled bike and yeah. um, definitely didn't miss a race in 83. So every two weeks we would race and we'd have seven or eight races on that day. Oh, that's a hectic schedule, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we started to travel. Yeah, you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Queensland? Yes. Queensland? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. Was it, you know, if to cast your memory back a bit there, was it a big change to go from like that 82 to an 83? You know, an air-cooled to a water-cooled. Oh, massive. It was huge, yeah, at yes. the time? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're one of these people, and we spoke about it uh, here, you've gone from cross plies to, mm. you know, to a radial. Yeah. To, you know, like you've been able to just stretch um, different parts of your career over different times and different, you know, huge steps in technology, I guess. Hey? Yeah, it's good. It's, um, I guess I'm fortunate. But, yeah, that... You know, I told you there were 660 Yamahas. Well, it wasn't long before there were 660 Kawasaki's. Wow, it came through that quick. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. Because they brought out a 60 later that year. Yeah. And uh, Kawasaki flew in three of them. KX60s. Yeah, yeah. for the Australian titles at Reddy Creek. Yeah. Um, and I got one of them. And right. My, and my mate Rowan, who I spoke about before, got one. Yeah. And uh, another mate, Chris Hill, had one. And another guy who's not with us, Chris Lee, had one. Wow. And we got first, second, third, and fourth. Just an all, like, obviously you can ride a bike, but they were just a really good bike too, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. they were streets ahead of, you know, the competition yeah. at the time. Yeah. So what's that, an 83, 84? It's an 84 model. We got them in September 83. And the Aussie titles, is it? Reedy Creek? Yeah, I got mine on the Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. And got we, to ride it there Thursday or got to ride no, it before? got to ride it in the park. Yeah. In Toowoomba across from the dealership and then yeah. straight down with with your family not part of motorcycling prior to it was it was it a big convince to get them into doing it or once you once you I, I guess I don't really remember and I, I probably took it for granted but you know I see now that you know they did a lot for me considering they weren't yeah that into it really. yeah right. yeah which probably explains why dad used to get a little bit overexcited if I didn't give 100 percent sometimes I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's uh, bound to happen, eh? Mm. Now, was it always motocross through through that era? Or? No, we, we did both back then. We did dirt track. Those Australian titles were dirt track. At Reedy Creek? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah? Yeah. Whereabouts? 
No, it snaked its way up the gully and back. It was a long... long it's the same area as the motocross track was? Yes, yes. Wow. Mm. Or, um, pre, pre-hatches or something? Mm, yes. That was the yeah. Gold Coast motorcycle. That was it, yep. Wow, yeah, right. Mm. That's, um, yeah, that's uh, something I don't know too much about, eh? Yeah. It it's sad good. that complex is gone. Mm. I think that was a that was a pretty iconic place. Yeah. Uh, KX sixties. What would you move to then? Did you go back up to a back up to an eighty or did you? Hang I had an 60? eighty and a sixty. Eighty yeah. and a sixty. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I kind of aged out. I couldn't ride the sixty anymore. So my little sister inherited that. Yeah. And uh, I just rode the eighty. Rode the eighties from then. They they um they're a bike that could stretch your ages too, weren't they? You yes. know, an eighty. Yeah. Uh, yeah you yeah, could yeah. do like a long time. Well, we had a seventeen and over class back then. What do you mean seventeen years and over? On an 80? Mm. Really? Yeah. Not that I rode one, but yeah. But you could. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like, theoretically, you could not have to be a junior. And they were little wheels, not big wheels. So the KX80 standard? Mm. Yeah, right. That's weird. Because I, I, at, at current now, what is it, 16? You've got to be off an 80? Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that's how it stands now. Or Basically, when you 82 turn. stroke. You yeah, well, you turn senior at 16. Yeah. So yep. you've got to be off it by then. Yep. So what sort of, okay, so that's the mid to late 80s. When did you start, you know, obviously you've won these sorts of events. When did you start, you know, moving on um, to different sorts of racing? Well, what, how things, did it all evolve oh, from It was there, all mate? very different. I, I guess, you know, there was a bit of a GFC at the end of 83 that most people probably don't remember. But, yeah. um, you know, it affected my family quite badly. Yeah. So my father worked seven days a week. What did your family do in Toowoomba? Dad's a bricklayer and a builder. Yeah, okay. Yep. Mm. Hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember through 84 and 85, he didn't, um, he just seven days a week. So mum took me to the club and my racing kind of stagnated a bit because my, my rival kind of got a bit of aggressive at the end of 83 there at a club day and got expelled from the club. Wow. He had me by the neck up against the, up against the fence. <laughs> yeah. What'd you do? Like Beat him. Competition, eh? Yeah. <laughs> we were 13. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And when you said that before, I was wondering how much, but yeah, that's uh, that's definitely there. Yeah. So that yeah. was, at that time, that was out of the club. Yeah, and then he um, he went down to Ipswich Laidley. Okay. Which was a, a really good natural train track on the side of a hill, like a proper motocross track. Right. And, you know, it wasn't long before he was dominating down there. Yeah. And by the end of 85, I think things had started to improve with mum and dad and uh, the dealer who I've already spoken about had organised a coach for me. Yeah. And I got it on 125 and we went and joined that club because I needed some competition. Yeah, okay. And I can assure you that Bradley was a long way ahead of me at that point. He just got better. Oh, yeah. Continually riding, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. So it took the best part of that whole year to catch up. Where where was where was that place? Like, where was that track? No, it's a place called Booster's Hill up on at Laley. Right. Yeah. There's been so many of these places, especially, I guess, out um, west of Brisbane, there's been so many of these places that you hear of or something and disappeared now, but mm. it's interesting to see what races that they would have run there and stuff over the time, yeah. you know. I know down at Ormo there's a um, – I might have gone now, but there's a big uh, commentary box and stuff down at this place. And I'm like, what's run here? Like, it's a very professional-looking place. There's so much history around these little places mm. that have been built over, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So once you caught up to him, was it back on? Yeah, not for long though. He um, there was another 
guy called James Clark who was also really good. Yeah. And we were friends, you know, we used to, unlike Bradley and I, James and I were friends. Yeah. We used to spend school holidays together and ride on the farm. And so they were the main two guys. And then um, 87, things started to get a bit more serious. And obviously, Dad could see that I was a bit more serious about it and had yeah. improved. So um, we started to ramp things up a bit. And then I broke my knee so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from an uh, over jump of something. No, I just, just fell over in a corner and it's on a rock and no yep. knee braces in those days. So, wow. Broke the top of my tibia. Oh, jeez. And so there, yeah, the, the bikes got sold while I was in hospital, pretty much. Because like, um, even now, that's an excruciating, terrible injury to have. But back then, the the uh, science wouldn't have been what it oh, is now. I was in. I know I was in plaster for three months. Damn. At right angles. Really? Yeah. So what do they do? They uh, was it a knee reco or? Well, no, uh, that happened later. Um, <laughs> but they put a big long screw down through the top of your tibia to screw the top back down, and then just <sighs> then I had to have another operation, obviously, to get that screw out. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. So then you you know you're open again. You got mm. to reheal again. This um, leg's still smaller. Is it? Yeah. Never been able to get it back. No. So what size was we on a one two five? Were you on a yeah, eight? No, eighty seven KX one two five. KX one two five. Yep. Mm. And that's a um, that's a serious injury at that age, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was sixteen. Yep. Mm. What did at, at that time like everyone you know just got to work for their you know their passions. When did you get into working in around bikes and bike shops? Did you get into it then? Well, Noel, the, the dealer there, he, he got me a job down the road. He didn't want me to be a mechanic. I wanted to be a mechanic. Okay. Yep. He just said, look, I think you've got too much intelligence to be a mechanic. Right. Sorry about that, but that's what he said. So he got me a job down the road at SKF Bearings as a clerk. Right. Which, you know, was really good. Yep. I didn't like it at the time, but... You know, I learned about the inner workings of a business yeah. when I was 15. So, you know, I was doing the, you know, profit and loss and petty cash. Yeah. Got to learn everything. Yeah, I did everything. And and that sort of business, um, I guess technically for the rest of your life too, you learn metric and imperial stuff very well. Yeah. And, um, yep. you know, every fraction, everything's in your head forever. You yeah, know, that's I correct. Think. And yeah. I think that's a really good good thing to have. Yeah, well, I, sp I spent six years there. Uh, wow. But I was only down the road, so it was like 100 metres. So yep. every smoko lunch, I was in the Kawasaki shop. Yeah, right. So this is SKF in uh, Toowoomba? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then after a couple of years there, that, that went, I guess I was, you know, I discovered my mates and girls and yep. bought an RS2000 and beer. And, yep. Life. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I wanted to race motorbikes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was just never going to happen at home. Just got too hard. Yeah. Then the, the shop changed hands. The Kawasaki store? Yeah. Yep. And the new owner, Steve, was a friend of mine, and he um, he knew how bad I wanted to race. I probably shouldn't say this on here, but he guaranteed a loan for me so I could buy a new KX250. Wow. What are we talking about, like 1989? 89. Yep. What a cool bike. Yeah. Like, really cool bike. So I started racing motocross again, and that was good. Yeah. Had no money, you know, couldn't afford tear-offs or anything like that, but... Feel good to race, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Something that, like, especially if you've done it in, in you know, for, for those years, and that's just something that you can't get out of your system, especially as a young man, you know, as a young person. It's, uh, mm. it, once you've got that, you know you're fit and able enough to do it. Yeah. When it's taken, you know, you can't do it, it's hard to get out of your system. Yeah, I can remember that was pretty disgusted. 
Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. It's an interesting interesting time. Mm. So what would you do, motocross and a bit of flat track on that? No, just motocross. Just motocross? Yeah, yeah. just motocross. And, yeah, I just, I just never had any money. And I, I guess I had a girlfriend at the time that yep. nobody was a big fan of. Um, <laughs> happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and anyway, I think eventually she went by the wayside and yeah. uh, the, Steve was a road racer, as was Noel before him. All right. Because this is what I'm going to ask you because mm. it, it was quite common at the time for a lot of guys to come from motocross to road racing. Well, no, no. Just Daryl Beatty did it and yeah. he, he did it at 16 and he went really good. Okay. So he was the first. Yep. Yeah, to do it at that age and we're all the same age. Because if you look, uh, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at the um, Ashkenazis, the Goberts. Yeah, the that was Maladins. much later. A bit later, isn't it? Oh, no, I raced with Maladin. You yeah. did? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you look at, because I, yeah, and I'm thinking of, because that would have been, uh, yeah, 90. Yeah, it's a couple of years three, later. Probably three or four years, isn't it, really? Yeah. So, yeah, I started uh, late 89. They took me to Lakeside with a KRT50, and I, I, to be honest, I wasn't that keen, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask you, was it? Yeah, anyway, I went. And yeah. Went around a few times and thought, oh, this is a bit scary. Yeah. And, um, is that one of those KR1s? No, before that. Before that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. A tandem twin KR250. Yeah, right. And by the end of the day, I was, you know, ripping back to the pits to put more fuel in it. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, we got a KR1. Yep. Brand new. Cool bike. And uh, Steve hotted it up a bit so that... You know, it was more competitive at club level. Yeah. You know, because it, it wasn't there was a 250 production class, but you know, being a D grade, you know, you had to race against GSXR 750s. Wow. So yeah, things progressed really, really quickly. So you must have felt pretty comfortable getting straight into road racing. I guess so. Yeah. In, yeah. in hindsight. So yeah. I, I remember I got uh, second in the A grade feature about two months later. Yeah. And I was still D grade. Yeah, yeah, and that was so. I got I didn't get to get into C grade. They put me in a B grade. Went straight into it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, things went. Oh, I guess they went good, and so we thought we'd get a two fifty proddy for the next year. Yeah, like a KO1S, and I went to Tasmania. Was Dad. that Simmons or Baskerville? Baskerville. Yeah, Dad took me down. Wow, very reluctantly. But he <laughs> did. Yeah, to his credit, he did. Wow, you know, in his brick lane truck. You know, with the tray back. That's a big trip, mate. It was. In a brickland truck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I remember it started off bad because I kind of met this girl the night before we left. And <laughs> I, don't know, I think I walked back up the street at like five in the morning and we had to drive to Melbourne. Oh, man. Well, you know. You're that age. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> You're living a life, you know, to the fullest. So he wasn't impressed to begin with. But anyway, it, it all, yep. we, we went down there and it... I remember I crashed. That was the first one I crashed. Really? Yeah, going into turn one. So you hadn't crashed a road race bike? No. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, that was... He sort of shit himself and so did I. Yep. Uh, but we didn't even have any spare parts, so you had to drive in Hobart to get a front brake lever. Yep. And we taped it back up, and um, I ended up getting third. So my first Australian championship race. So that was an Australian championship yeah. round there, yep. Yeah, so Troy Corsa won. Yep. And... Um, I think uh, Tom Larson got second and I got third. Wow. It's a great so, entry. Into so it. at this stage, I'm thinking, you know, this road racing thing's pretty easy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And, and then after that, I, I, I know that I went to the next race on my own. Okay. Dad didn't want to go, so I borrowed a van off my mate at Bedford. Yeah. And cool. took another couple of mates. Yeah. And we went to Phillip Island, and that didn't go so good. So what, what year is this, you reckon? 90. It's 90, yeah. Yeah. So was this a support race for the Grand Prix, or was this... No, no? it's not the next Australian Championship round. So there's at this point, you know, I'm coming third in the Australian Championship, so I think I'm cool. killing it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'd, I think I got 16th and 17th. Yeah. But there was 90 trying to qualify. 90 proddies? Yeah. Wow. So yeah. when people talk about, you know, the, the depth and the growth of the proddy series in the 90s, that's what you're contending with. Yeah, so, f- you know, 50 dudes went home. It's insane. As it didn't qualify. So you make your, your journey from no matter yeah. where you are in Australia to Phillip Island. Yep. And there's a chance that you didn't make the time, so you're yeah. out. 50 people. Mm. Man, that's a lot. Yeah. That's why we had such a good road racing um, yes. pedigree here at that time, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. Yep, it was good. What were the what were the bikes? Obviously, you're on the KR1. What were some of the others? that? KR1Ss and RGVs. That was the thing? Everyone yep. was on that? Yep. Yep. And we must have had a lot of them here at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was who else was there? Troy Corsa? Yeah, he was um he was a year ahead of me. Was he? Yeah, okay. so he yep. he was at the pointy end. And um John Allen and Barry Allen. Yeah. Good mates of mine. A lot of it was time I'm guessing. Like what you're saying he was a year ahead. The more yep. time you had to be there oh, yeah. for the year before makes a huge difference, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And you know, I saw it six months before that I was a club I just started racing at club level, you know, so there's there is a step. Yeah, yeah. From club level to national level. Yeah. Mm. Man, that's insane. Yeah. What did you think of riding Phillip Island at that time? I couldn't believe it. I was running off the inside of the corners. And just I so much room, eh? thought I was going so, too fast and yeah. I'd have to pick it up because I went on the grass on the inside. <laughs> what a place, eh? Yeah. You just get lost there, eh? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's one of those, I know I said it to uh, Shelby, you, you get in there and yeah. you just got to rewire your brain. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, I think the lap times, I looked at Shelby's lap times and... I think she did a 57, which, you know, it's pretty good yeah. on a ninja. Yep. And I think I might have done 54s. Okay, yep. In 1990. Wow. But our bikes are a fair bit faster than a ninja. Okay. Hmm. So, okay, so three seconds. So yeah. w- w- what's what's made it better? Tyres? Yeah, for sure. Suspension? Both, yeah. But Yeah. We weren't allowed to touch our suspension. So part of the proddy thing was had to be proddy brake, proddy suspension? Mm-hmm. That was, that, uh, we weren't even allowed a steering damper, and, really? they, and they needed one. They did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, I think is that something that's missing here now? I don't know what's missing. You know, is anything missing? I don't, I don't know. It's no. so. The, I guess the the bike itself is what's missing. Yeah, the tool to be able to have yeah, something. Like yeah, yeah, and and the amount of people wanting to do it. Because I, I look at the um, 300s and or the 400s now as they've transferred into. Mm. It seems pretty perfect for someone to go into and do the same. I, it is. It is. Look, I guess the following year is probably more to the point because I graduated to the front. Yeah. And Was Troy Corsa still in that then? No, he, he moved going? on to a 250 Grand Prix bike with Peter Jackson. Okay, yeah. But, you know, towards the end of 90, sort of Maladin came in and yeah. uh, some other guys. It was super competitive in 91. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Really, really competitive. I could only imagine. And you get people like, um, obviously, Matt Maladden coming in and you look at his uh, career over the time. Mm. I'm sure he was a pretty hard 
hard-nosed competitor at the time too. Yeah. So it would have been some, some great racing. Made Bradley look like a pussycat. Really? Yeah. That was good for me. Yeah? Yeah. It helped you, helped you um, not improve, but helped you get to the front. And well, have compared it. to those guys, you know, him and Chris Hill, they've been racing national level for 10 years. Wow. You know, seriously. Yeah. I'm a clubby. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool to be able to go from club straight up into that and, you know, be, it's, be it's, somewhere, you know. Yeah, it was a bit surreal. Yeah. I made a lot of mistakes because I'd get out in front and not know what to do. What, uh, like racecraft, wasn't there? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah just, just mistakes. Mistakes, yep. you know, knowing when to go fast, when not to go fast. Did you do a full season at it? Yes. The, yeah? Yeah. And how was that, travelling around, doing that? It was really band? cool. Yeah? No, I had a Mitsubishi L300 Express. Oh, did you? Stage, yeah. I don't think they've changed them still. <laughs> the Express van's still the same. Yeah, five on the tree. That's yep. good. Very cool. But, yeah, I did it with my mates mostly. Yeah. Uh, I think I did really good in Perth, I remember, at the second round. Yeah. So, again, mum and dad got excited. So dad drove down to Malala wow. to, uh, to meet up for the following weekend. But, yeah, in Perth I was on my own. That's a long journey. Like 100% of my own. Yeah. No mates? No. 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 So what, what, say a championship at that era, we're talking uh, Lakeside would have been yep. in there. Uh, Phillip Island, you've just said. Yeah. Uh, Baskerville? Yeah. Um, would it be Barbagello or would it be... Yeah, it was. Barbagello? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Malala. And Malala. That's your five Eastern places. Eastern Creek. Six, Six places. Six places. Mm. Yeah. So you had to do all that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's a lot of travel, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. Um, as I said, I'm good mates with John and Barry Allen, and yeah, you know, they're a lot older than me. Yeah, they don't seem it now, but they were then, and you know they were good. They were really hard on me. Were they? Yeah, but I travelled with them. Yep. Yep. Made it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. They bullied me from one side of Australia to the other. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, he's had a long career, John Allen, didn't he? Yeah, he has. I remember watching him at Lakeside on a uh, 500 Grand Prix bike. Yeah, fantastic rider. Yep. Yep. Really nice, nice and smooth. <clears throat> How um, how, how how did like how did you travel over to Perth? Like how was it going over there? In that, at that stage, I put my bike in with um, Paul Feeney's guys. Ah. Yeah, so they went in a box trailer. I think with Terry Pavils and yeah. Cameron Petty's and Jamal Gray's and yeah. went across. And what you flew? Or? I flew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I had to stay with them as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, was the state of road racing pretty damn good then? Like, Crazy. Yeah. 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 So you go to one of these events, it was like a circus rocking in a town? Would it be like that? Yeah. There was always a meet the riders night, Thursday night. Yep. That'd be hectic. Yeah. And, you know, the local club promoted it at the time, so it was their one chance to make money. Yeah, right. So yep. it was always really good. Yeah. And I guess the other, the point I wanted to make before was, you know, it cost $110 to enter and I'd spend 300 or 400 on tyres. Yeah. And if I won, I could win 900 So you could make money out of it? Well, oh, you could break even out of it. Yeah, so you know now it's like nine hundred to enter. Yeah, two thousand for tyres, and you know, and you can still win seven hundred. Yeah. You know, and they wonder why no one's doing it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's um yeah it's funny hey like uh mm. you know you even look at dirt track as a junior um back back in that sort of era yeah you have envelopes of cash. If, if you did well, mm. I never did well enough to get that. But now it's so hard for any like for a club to even to, to do that. I guess it's entry numbers and stuff too. Like, yeah, for sure. I, I guess is a big part. But yeah, uh, it's hard. It's to just know. changed, you know. I think it's certainly back on the right track now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And 
like even things like uh, they had that RPA days and stuff like that mm. for the clubs and we did one last Sunday and just getting new people in that haven't been to them I think that's you know MA or whoever's behind these things is really starting to focus on these things that will get more people into I know yeah look there's a lot of good people in MA and yeah. you know Peter's at the top and he's a very smart man for sure you know it's good to have someone technical at the top too I know it's there for the right reasons yeah yep. I think it's a good position to have, have someone like that in yep um, alright so 250 Proddies great era yep when did you get on to the Ducati oh Is much, that a, like, much later much later yeah there was a retirement in between was there yeah what did you retire was it money yeah yeah mm. common common theme mm. through the sports I guess yeah like the Proddy year it went I, I remember I went into the last round yep. second in the championship where's the last round Phillip Island okay yep and I'd gotten three podiums in a row at uh, Wanneroo, Malala and Lakeside. Yeah. So that obviously lofted me up to second in the championship, which was pretty cool. Yep. Um, and then I crashed at Eastern Creek. Got a bit excited. Yeah. Happens. Yep. Uh, but I got sick at Phillip Island. I had a really bad flu. Mm. I remember that. And I think I got 12th in the first race. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I, I ended up fifth in the championship, like four points out of second. Far out. What a competitive championship, eh? Hey? Yeah. Fifth to second. But Matthew, he won so many races that he didn't even have to do the last round. Wow. Mm. So Matthew Meladen. Yes. So was he, you know, like um, just that good? Yeah. That's what it was? Like, yeah, like he... Obviously he, determination, mm. desire and everything. I mean, we had a couple of really close races. Yep. Uh, like where, you know, I followed him across the line on his back wheel, but yep. you know I was never going to beat him. I passed him once and yep. regretted that. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Just straight back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swap paint. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, that that era of the AMA that he went over into, mm. that, that was so cool to watch. Yes. You know, especially probably someone yourself that's raced. You know, had combat with the guy as well at times. Oh, yeah. Well, it would be pretty cool to see, you know. Really good mates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Mm. He, um, yeah. Icon- iconic person for our sport too, mm. I-, I feel anyway. But, um, yep. And so you gave up uh, at the end of that? No. Yeah. Uh, Dad got a loan. Yeah. To get you I, racing again? I actually got an offer for a superbike ride at the end of that year. Yeah. So what year is this? 91. This is 1991. Yeah. Yep. So what was the what would an offer have been for a superbike? What what to ride? An RC30. Wow. Mm. Uh, I won't go into it too much, but it, it come January things changed and there was a budget cut and yeah, they decided they needed to run with someone that was Melbourne based. Okay. Yep. For, for testing and that was the reason we were given and uh, so I was left without a ride. Um, Did you get to ride one? At all? Yeah, actually I did it at the end of that year. Yeah, okay. Um, so Dad got, went got a loan yeah. and bought me a superseded TZ. Oh, yeah? And I raced Tiffany Grand Prix all year. Yep. Mm. Was, and, and it would have been, but what was the price to go into something like that at that time? Would it have been a huge jump up from Proddy? Yeah, that, that knew they were 25000 For TZ 250? Yes. In 1992? Yeah. Man, that's a lot of money. Mm. Yeah. That's same, yeah, right. And obviously your tyre bill is going to be uh, through the roof on it. Yeah. I was kind of lucky. I had a uh, a ride in the Super Street Series as well. So what was that? 
FZR 600 yeah. with Yamaha Australia and Roy Dennison. Yeah. And we were Michelin backed. So yeah, okay. that was a separate series. Yeah. Uh, first time I raced a four stroke. So that that went pretty well. Yep. Um, but I got a good deal on tyres. Oh, that helps. Yeah, it did. Was it a good bike, the FZR? No. Because I'm, I'm thinking in my own head, you're riding a TZ250, like a purpose-built race machine, and then you're going over to that. Yeah. Gee, that must have been an odd time. I'd say when it was hard, was that the New South Wales titles when you're trying to ride both? Well, like, uh, switch it over, same weekend? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yep. one's got the gears go one way, and one's got the gears go the other way, and, Ugh. you know, one's yep. got handlebars on top of the clamps, one's got handlebars on the bottom of the clamps. Yep. One feels like jello, one feels... That's why when I see a motocrosser these days adjusting their lever like two mil, I'm like, oh, really, mate? <laughs> yeah, compared to what you've been used to. You might be focusing on the wrong things. Yeah, yeah, yeah come yeah. back to the, you know, focus on yourself for a bit, eh? <laughs> That's, um, wow, yeah, that would have been good. That would have been a good change. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was and, good. and at this point, you weren't in the, uh, in the industry, you're still at SKF? In 92, I'd left SKF. Yeah, okay. Uh, they sponsored me in 91. Yeah. And was a management change at the end of that year uh-huh. and the new manager turned up and turned up at Archerfield because at that stage I was working in the engineering department yep and I used to clamber up and down all the CSR quarry conveyor belts yep to survey the bearings so yep. that we were ready for a breakdown so the engineering guys that I worked under they loved me and they used to come to my races and everything yep and um, yeah this guy turned up and wasn't that impressed that I raced motorbikes and basically turned up with a resignation letter for me Wow. That's yeah. a bit hard, isn't it? Yeah, you couldn't do that these days. But no, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be a lot more difficult now. Yeah, so the next mm. year, you know, I, I actually moved to um, down at Matt's house. Oh, did you? Yeah, lived in Sydney. Was that uh, Camden? Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you guys were um, rivals and, you know, to live there, friends? we become friends yep. through 91, racing yeah, okay. each other, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. He, um, what are some highlights from those years, the prodigy years? Some things that were really stand out to you now. Passing him at Malala. That's really? It. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, yeah, yep. that that must be a huge thing, you know. Yeah, it was the first time. Well, not the first time I'd let a race because I used to get the start. Yeah. And they'd run me down. Okay. Know? But at Malala, I'd sort of, it was fifth and then fourth and slowly it come down to just him and I and then the second last lap off. And, you know, to be honest, my bike was a, you know, a bee stick quicker than his. Okay. And which nobody would believe because they all thought he was cheating. I can tell you he wasn't. Yeah, um, he just had a ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a pretty big guy, you know. Right. Uh, anyway, I got a good draft on him and got up the inside and passed him. I thought, wow, I'm leading, you know, lap yep. to go. And, man, I was only in front for one corner. Straight back in. Yeah, and there was no room. <laughs> <laughs> I love competitors, though. It's, it's, it's cool to see because, you know, yeah. it, you need those people. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, it's good. At, like, For everyone you know, in, in hindsight, the best thing that ever happened to me. I learned so much from him. Yep. Yep. So when you went back to um, your dad, got that loan to go to mm. that racing the TZ. Was that a good year to jump up into? Yeah, Grand Prix. It was. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was good. You know, the bike wasn't the best, but you know, it was stock and. Yep. It was a hard year. I know, t- towards the end, you know, it was held together with duct tape. Wow. I remember going to Phillip Island for the World Superbike meeting on my own. Yep. So I didn't even have – I didn't have any tyre warmers all year. I wow. didn't have anyone to give me a pit board, yeah. um, you know, later on in the year. So it was hard. So you – like, yeah, you were racing, like you, – you battled your way through this the whole time, eh? 
And I, oh, you know, I just didn't come from that background, yep. I guess. You've worked hard through it, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, it was So good. no warmers for the whole time? No. Jeez. I broke my collarbone at yep. Wanneroo, so I missed that round. Yep. And then, you know, the biggest bummer of that was the next round was Lakeside, which is probably where I'd have gone the best. Yep. And I had to ride with a broken collarbone. How'd you go? Oh, no, not that good there. Yeah. No, I think I would have got somewhere between fourth and sixth seems that's where I got in every race. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I got sixth in the championship. Who was riding Grand Prix? No, uh, Stephen Whitehouse, yeah. uh, Rene Bongas, yeah. Ricky Rice, yeah. Craig Connell, yeah. Ryan Pask. Geronimo. Maybe? Oh, no, they were later. Later than Much that? later, yep. yeah. Yep. So Ricky Rice is still racing? Yeah, yeah. I seen him the other weekend at Moore Park. Oh, and you're yeah. up there with me, obviously. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's He's just started again, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Oh, no, a Grand Prix bike too, I think. Yeah, that, that year model actually. Is so it? Not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, TZ as well. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I've seen the bike and I'm like, oh, it looks like that, but mm. uh, so damn collarbone. How many times have you done that? Once. Out of all the years of riding bikes. Mm. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah. Um, Lakeside, special place for you? Oh, I don't even know what to say there. So... It scares the shit out of me, to be honest. It's so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And I did Japanese schools there for three years. What do you mean? So we used to teach the Japanese to road race. Ah. So there'd be... Well, it started out, there was about 30 of them. It got down a bit after that because they had their own financial issues yeah. in the early 90s. But what, so they'd, they'd fly out? Yeah. And we had um, a fleet of NSR 250s and FDR 250s. Yeah. And we'd stay at the Kavulcha Hotel at Morayfield for three weeks. Yeah. And travelled to Lakeside every day or down to my catcher. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was one of the coaches. So, wow. Yeah. So I did a lot of laps of Lakeside. Yeah, you would have. Oh, so I think we would do 400 laps a day there sometimes. My goodness. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of history that I yeah. just never picture happening here, you know? No. So that, that was amazing. But, you know, because of my exposure to the place, yeah. I guess I saw a lot of bad things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you come through a uh, time that you would have seen a lot of things, you know, through there. Yeah, that Armco's not the safest thing in the world. No. 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 Mm. When you're on a good lap there, though, it must feel pretty good. Yeah. Like it's one of those places where if you could tie it together, it'd feel all right. Yeah, so well, obviously you asked me about the Ducati. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I stopped at the end of 92. Yeah. I went to Malaysia, actually, for World Endurance Race. Okay. What on? RC30. Oh, so that's when you got to ride yeah. an RC. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I rode with Damon Buckmaster. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do they, do they like, at this time, uh, that would have been the biggest road race bike that you would have been on? Yeah, for Correct? sure. Oh, yeah. How, how was it? Well, compared to the Formula One bike that Carl Fogarty was racing, it was pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. So what, what was his bike? He would have had a... Formula One Kawasaki. Kawasaki. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So that was uh, 93? 92, late 92. Okay, so he, yeah. just before he would have went on to... Um, yeah, yeah on. but he went into um, World Superbikes the following year. Yep, yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm. So how was that going over there to race? It was, was so cool. Oh, yeah, we had a ball. We were, only, we were 21. That was myself, Damon Buckmaster and Ben Archibald. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, names that have been around for a long time too. All trying to get arrested for a week. <laughs> Did you get arrested? No, nearly. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that I yeah. um, you just look at, you look at eras that that come through certain mm. things and certain times. Like, 
you know, every like uh, Aussie dirt track title or something. Yeah. You remember some of the people and you look back on it and think, how are you still mm. like not arrested or, hey, <laughs> you know, the, the Sunday night after Australian dirt tra- a dirt track title or something. Mm. Gee, some things happen. And I'm oh, guessing yeah. going to rela- race in Malaysia or racing over in Asia, you'd be the same. Yeah. Yeah, well time. Mm. Yeah, it was good fun. RC30 live up to the hype? Yeah, it was pretty cool, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I've ridden one around the road too yeah. in Tasmania. That's probably more memorable. Yeah. That was really nice. You'd have a nice, yeah, good good bike to ride around on there. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Thought I was Joe Dunlop for a day, you know. For a day. <laughs> there's a few of them down there, actually. Yeah, that um, was good. Yeah, there's a gentleman that's got a um, bit of a hot... He's the president of the SP1. Oh, club. yeah. He's okay. a pretty, pretty well-known guy down there, so I'm not talking yeah. out of school, but, um, yeah, they, they, they get together and... Mm. For such a small place, there's a fair few of these pretty prestigious motorbikes these days. It's a nice place. Yeah, Yeah. good place to ride a motorcycle. Definitely. So after you come back from uh, from there, actually, who who else was racing over there? You obviously in your team had Archibald and Buckmaster, Damon Buckmaster. Yeah, Buckmaster was with me. With you, yeah. Yeah, and um, James Knight and Steve Whitehouse rode the other bike. Yep. And Ben was the uh, team manager. He had a broken collarbone. Oh, really? Yeah. Far out. Yep. So 21 years old, travelling over there to race bikes, that would have been a pretty damn cool feeling. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. And yep. did you think that, you know, at that point, like you hadn't worked as such in the bike industry, did you think you'd be making a career out of it? Yeah, for sure. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's on. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So anyway, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I ended up uh, moving home from Sydney sort of the next year and yep. uh, back to reality, got a job at the bike shop in Toowoomba, and, uh, which went pretty well. Um, I wasn't racing anymore. Yeah. Uh, but no, I was dead keen to race. Uh, and I think midway through 95, my friend Darren used to work as a mechanic at the schools. He was importing RS250s and selling them yep. from Japan. So I'd go down and help him on the weekends and spend some time working on the bikes. And yep. eventually he relented and said, all right, well, I'll let you ride one. Wow. So I think I did the Greg Hansford Memorial in 95 for the sporties. Yep. And that was my first race in two years. Wow. That was good. Yep. Yep. Did all right? Yeah, I got second. On an RS? Yep. Who against? Rip Crocker beat me. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. What was he on? He bought Craig Connell's latest TZ. Really? Yeah. So yeah. The, the RS I rode was a 91 model. Yep. Mm. We, we, we went through an era there where we were getting a lot of RSs here, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. It Darren, was quite common. Darren was bringing them in, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah I remember seeing, you know, uh, growing up in that era, looking through the, you know, trade of, you know, just bikes and stuff. We used mm. to see a lot of those to come through. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Uh, at that time. So, yeah, that went pretty well. And then yeah. um, I think I did Eastern Creek and Lakeside. Yeah, ASPK, ASPK rounds and got I got into 59s for the first time. First time ever? Yeah. Yeah. Did the whole race in the 59s at Lakeside, which I was happy with. This on the RS? Yeah, because it was a 91 model, you know, so my goal was to try and beat the 91 lap record. Yep. So that was about all I could do, really. And, um, yeah, I did that. Um, I still only got fourth in the race, but, you know. Geez, they must have been moving then. Yeah, Rip got into 58s. Yep. Yep. Wow, that's, yeah, definitely mm. moving around that place, isn't it? Yeah. So, so that was good, and um, 
Gary McCoy was a friend of mine yep. at the time, and he was riding Don Bramwich's Ducati. Okay. And we were pitted together. Yep. And I guess Donnie took a bit of a shine to me at the time. Yep. So um, ne- the next year, I know that he wanted me to ride the bike, but, he, you know, with Donnie in those days, you had to pay, and I had no money. Yeah. So Gary's dad, Dave, paid the, paid the fee. For you? Yeah. Gary McCoy's dad? Yeah. Wow, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, that went really good. Yeah. I got second, and I got the National 600 Super Sport Lab record. Wow. At Lakeside. So was that a 748R? 748 SP. SP. Mm. Okay. Nice bike. Yeah. Yeah, it was good for me to get off a 250 and onto that because it was uh, more of a race bike compared to a Japanese 600 at the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had a dry clutch and, um, you know, the gearbox worked. Um. (laughs) (laughs) They were were sort of um, pretty head for their time in a production. It's difficult to set up. Was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, very difficult to set up. Um, But once you got it, though, it felt good? Yeah, I I was suited to it for sure. Mm. Yeah, they they um they really paved the way for like the next generation of race bikes too. Yeah, you know, really. They and we were having a conversation there before about the tires and about to bring it up. Yeah, so I uh, at the time the year before I, I managed to get a job as a um, sales rep for Fasita. Yep. So I was a Dunlop rep. Wow. And uh, what did you know about tires at that time? Probably quite a bit, I guess, compared From to your most. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, that was good. And, yep. and Ken was kind enough to let me off for the weekend and let me race. Cool. Um, but the following year on the Ducati, Donnie had a Bridgestone deal. And they were good. The Bridgestone was good? Yeah. Yep. And it was no problem for me to ride the bike on Bridgestones. Yeah. Except at the stay meeting the weekend before, I went under the lap record and then it became a problem for me to ride on the Bridgestones. So, for uh, your work? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's a conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember sitting out in that new company car, crying in the in the car park for a couple of hours after I got threatened. So, so what? What's your decision? Do you ride the bike or do you lose your job? I guess that's where you're threatened with. Yeah, so I had to use Dunlops. Had to have them. Which I had to buy. I will say. <laughs> so you had to use them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I got the lap record on those. So they're still good, too. No, it's good. So the Bridgestone was a better tyre at the time? I couldn't use the tyres that they were using on the Japanese bikes because they had a bigger back rim. Okay. Well, the SP did or the 748 did? 748 did. Yeah. And what I did know at the time was, you know, depending on what Dunlop rider you were, you got better tyres, you know. Okay, so even filtered <laughs> through to here, like you, you hear that of the GP mm-hmm. story, you know, the, yeah. the fly-ins and stuff. So even in Australia, that was the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? Well, I worked there. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> Turn up right in front of me. Okay, so you get to you get to an Eastern Creek. Mm. Uh, Joe Blow's riding. What year are we talking? Mid nineties. Mid nineties. Yeah. Uh, Joe Blow's riding a Anset GSXR. Here comes a bike. Here comes some tires. Or a mobile Honda. Or a mobile or Honda. Something or whatever like that. it may be. <laughs> Just a windshield bike. Whatever it could be. Yeah. That's yeah. how it work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is a control tyre a good thing? I don't know. I don't trust them. Okay. <laughs> you know how you said at the start, sometimes controversial person? Because, <laughs> like, when you when you say that stuff, that's why control tyres are supposedly a level playing oh, yeah. field. But who knows? Yeah, that's mm. right. So, 
<laughs> so the 748 was yep. good on both, though, in the end. Like, it worked out all right. Yeah, it, it worked out all right. Yeah. Um, Who were you racing in that series? Oh, man, it's so deep. Deep as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah. Yeah, crazy deep. Craig Connell's underrated, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's underrated. I thought he did pretty well, you know. Oh, 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 sorry, I, I think yeah. I think he did amazing, like incredibly well. Yes. But it's just not a name that's floated around as much for as I, – I think he did an insane thing, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, good rider. Yeah, yeah, really good rider. And he, Very he different to me. In riding style? Oh, yeah. I talked to you about riding style, like, and yeah. I, I said it to you last week. Where did you get your riding style from? Oh, who knows? I, I don't know. Just, just picked it up? Yeah. Mm. You're a stylish person. I said it even to Tamara when she was in here. You're a stylish person on the bike. Like you've got like the a uh, couple of photos recently of the off road stuff. Oh yeah. I'm like man, you've got like a real good like your body position and that like just picked it up. Oh, I think if you've been coaching it long enough and studying it long enough, yeah, you do it. Polish up. Yep. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. Because you need to have it if you're going to be fast. You, mm. And, you know, you, you look at people and you're like, oh, wow, that's a you know, good body position or whatnot. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Anyway. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I got a Yamaha ride out of it, believe it or not. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were the Yamaha distributors. For sure. You know, for Cedar was Yamaha. So what was the bike then? You would have went to a, a Thunder Race? A Thunder Cat. Thunder Cat, yeah. yeah. Mm. Is this when you're doing the commercials? Yeah. How'd that start? The commercials, or yeah. while I worked there, so it was an obvious thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had to, you had to do it. Basically, you were the person that was going to do it. Yeah, <clears throat> it was just so easy to have me there. I was yep. already in the office. So. Yeah, yeah. You knew how to ride. Mm. Everything's there. Yeah. That would have been like coming from a seven forty eight SP to a Thundercat. Mm. Man, that would have been a weird, um, yeah, weird thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it wasn't it? Wasn't that bad? Yeah, but it was. Desperately short on the competitors. Okay. And it had a couple of major, major flaws. What so, sort of things? Um, well, the gearbox, you know, was used to take all the skin off your toe changing gears. Um, and I'm pretty sure the forks used to bend under the motor when you were trying to brake. Yeah. And the motor, drag, the motor dragged on the ground three left-handers, which I hated. You hated left-handers or you hated the motor? I didn't like the motor touching the ground. Some yeah. some guys can do that, but for me, that was you know I come off a Grand Prix bike. And I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, that'd be yeah strange. Yeah. Well, so you get like, like a hungry corner or something, dip into it. Oh. Next thing, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a weird feeling. Not good going through Lukey, I can tell you. No, no, no. <laughs> not very confidence. And, and I guess with an SP, you wouldn't have done that ever. No, at all. No. Okay. no. Geez, they're ahead, weren't they? At that time. Yeah. But yep. you know, the, I was riding one in '99, and I remember um, Kevin Curtin passing me at Malar on his R6, and coming out of the, the hairpin, he must have put like six bike lengths on me. So things change fast. <laughs> yeah, that's Japanese, isn't it? Yeah. They do do that, don't they? Well, they the Thundercat turned into an R6. Progressed into an R6, and you know. and I was on the wrong end of that. Yeah. How long did you stay on the Thundercat for? Not long. Not long. Four months. <laughs> Not long at all. No. How come? Uh, I couldn't afford to buy the tyres. Yeah, okay. And it was very hard to justify in my mind, throwing good money after bad. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what did you do then? Retired. That was it? Mm. Come back? Yeah, the next year. What on? Ducati. 
Yeah, okay. Same same uh, team? No, no, different. It's funny, once you ride a Ducati, you become a Ducati person. And yeah. I think I'm, I got flushed out by the Ducati people. I, didn't, I said no at first, but yeah. kind of got pushed into it. And then 98 ended up being my best year. Is that right? Yeah. So what was the Ducati for then? Uh, 748 SPS. SPS, yeah, mm. okay. Yep. Yep. Um, Australian series? Yeah, I did three rounds. Yeah. Because I had, you know, still didn't have budget to do the whole series. Yep. So we did um, Lakeside, um, Eastern Creek and Phillip Island. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, three tracks that did flow pretty well for that bike. Yeah, it was Bit good. Down. And it was a good bike of the years, for the years as well. It was, yep. you know, a competitive bike. So I didn't sort of finish any better than fourth, but I didn't finish any worse than sixth. So at that time... And t- just tell me if I'm wrong, but that have been put into like a super sport. Yeah, I was in the super sport category, race. wouldn't I? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you had two mobile Hondas, yeah, two Team Kawasaki Australia bikes with Pitt and Buckmaster ZX uh, sixes, sixes, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you had you know Paul Free on the entered air freight Suzuki, and you yeah. know all the factory riders that race super bikes race six hundreds as well. Yep. Yeah. Craig was on the factory Ducati. Yep. Yeah. Pretty good, yeah. um, pretty good combo. Yeah, it was a strong field. And then you get around that time uh, would have been when Steve Martin was on the superbike too. Yeah, that would be right, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, With Arthur Davis's. Mm-hmm. One. Not, that was '98. Yeah, it was the same year. Eh? Yes. Yeah, because that was starting to come into a reasonably good era for Ducatis and that here. Yeah, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, real good. So, mm. how'd you go doing that? Then obviously you're saying that's your best year. Mm. Why, what made that the best year? I felt. My best ever race was at Lakeside. In that year? Yeah, and I got, I got fourth. Against Connell? Mm. Bull Free? That whole field that you're yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's, it's a solid competition. Yeah, I was happy and I did a uh, 59.4. Yeah. And I think they'll have record to this day is a 59.2. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Damn, that's a fast lap of that place. Yep. What's it feel like when you're going that fast around there? Weirdest thing. I remember that race. It was like I was going slow in my mind. Yeah. Felt like I was going slow. Do you have that Do you have that often? That was the only time I can ever remember that. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, people talk about that, that, that feeling like you, you, you sort of sit there, you're like you're above the bike sometimes. Mm, that's the only time that ever happened. Once for you? Once. That's cool. Yeah. And like I'm guessing it was one of those things where you feel like you could do no wrong. Things are just flowing. And well, it's weird. You kind of... Thinking, man, I'm going slow. And you come around and the yep. pit board comes out. 59. Mm. 59. Yeah. Now, after that, um, you obviously did the other rounds, but did you, re- did you pull the pin on racing for a bit after that or what? Uh, the next year, we got another Ducati and it wasn't so good. Was yeah, a, okay. That was an R. Yeah. Honestly, there was something wrong with that one. It was yeah. the slowest one of all of them. Is that right? Yeah. The most hyped one at the time. Mm. Yeah. And I also raced an RS250. Yeah. I sort of decided that I really wanted to win and I was never going to win in Supersport unless yeah. I could get a ride on one of the teams, which wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And so I wanted to ride 250 Grand Prix again. So I got a ride in an RS250 with um, a guy, Andy Offer, in yeah. WA. Okay. Yeah. And I was looking to retire, but I wanted to win before I stopped. And um, Wow. I probably should have just retired. Okay. I mean, it went good, but yeah. there was one wet meeting at Phillip Island and I pulled in. Just not. Yeah. The desire's gone. Yeah, I didn't want to do that anymore. Did yeah. you 
like you said, you had a collarbone. Mm-hmm. You've done the knee. Did you go through that whole period pretty much pretty well with injuries? Yeah, yeah, no worries. That's good. Well, yeah, most of my injuries happened in my 30s and 40s. Yeah, right. Yeah. Isn't that funny how you made it through that whole yeah. you know, crazy tracks, hundreds mm. of laps? Um, I didn't crash much road racing. No. No. It's a good thing, mm. you know. Tell me about Mountain Man because you did that too. Mountain Man or King of the Mountain? So the King of the Mountain. Yeah, King of the Mountain. I did 11 of them. Yeah, who was your teammates? Uh, Gary McCoy twice. Yep. So we got um, second twice. What on? Uh, the first time on a KX250. Yep. That was in 93. Yep. They were two one-hour legs then. Okay. Yeah. That was cool. What, uh, what made that event so good? Like it's an event people still talk about. An amazing circuit. That's what it is? Yep. Yep. And... Variation of people? Yeah, yeah. That's a big part. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All disciplines. Yep. Yep. So were your KX250 uh, 19, 18 set up or would you... Yeah, we ran a 21 front with an 18 wet on the back. You did? Okay. Yeah, right. Because that, that was sort of part of the cool part too. There's yeah. a bit of a variation for dirt, yeah. track, dirt track, dirt track people and then, you know, motocross is coming in. And I guess for me as my hometown, my home track, and I really wanted to do good there, you know. Yeah. And with Gaz, that would have been, a, you know. Yeah, what's pretty cool. And then I, I they didn't run it. Well, the following year I did it with Rowan. Rowan Pask. Yeah, okay. Yep. On a CR250, and I think we got fifth. Yeah. Um, and then they didn't run it in 95. Yeah. Or 96, I don't think. Okay. And then in 97, we Gary and I did it again on a CR500. Yeah. And we got second again. Who too? Um, I think Lyndon Heffern and a Mark Kirkman won. Uh, yeah, we, we won one leg. Yeah. Yeah. There were three legs, we won one. And I think um, Lisa and Carol got third. Yeah. Wow. Tell you what, like if you if you go back through the history and look at the names that have been to that, mm. it's it, it's probably more than any event. Yeah. That we've had in in the nation. I think that the following year I rode my own husky, a six ten husky. Yeah. And I rode with a mate, Mark Dolly. Okay. And we won three out of three. Yeah. Right. And then I dropped a valve in the last one. Damn. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would have been on the, yeah, on it. So what's that, 97, somewhere around that? 98. 98? Yeah. That would have been a weapon of a bike. So by this stage, you've won four of these races and still haven't won the thing outright. Yeah. Mm, never Disappointing. Did. Yeah. You've, yeah. As a competitor, that, that'd, uh, that'd grind your gears. And I guess that goes to what you're saying too about retiring. Mm. You want to win it or something before you retire. Yeah, that's right. I guess it's the same sort of deal. You. It, it gets you sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, did you? Was there a point where you just stopped riding? Did you get burnt out from all, all of it, or what? No, just loved it. Yeah, I've never burnt out from riding. Yeah, no, it's your thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I've stopped mm. riding. Yeah, due to other factors, you know, probably burnout at work, or yeah, you know, life's not going so well. Where you lose your enthusiasm for life more than lo- losing enthusiasm for riding. Yeah, and you know, get fat, and then, then it's too hard to ride. Then you, yeah, then when you get on it, it's too much hard work. Yeah, to, yeah, to, it's no fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because the skills that you've got are still part of you, but you don't have the yeah the movement or the flexibility that you have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So that's happened? Yeah, yeah. How would you get around that? Oh, I've, Just I've, get back into it? Yeah, it's been a lot of bumps in the road in the last eight years. And yeah. Yeah, I managed to get myself fit again and yeah. decided to uh, race off-road. Yeah, right. Hmm. Why, why, why off-road? 
was it just something that was exciting at the time or was it um well, after racing supermoto and motocross and road racing and dirt track done them all i wanted to do off-road as a challenge and i was fascinated by it you were yeah yeah and you know, I'd been to quite a few events when I was obviously running Husky and, yep. you know, some of those events I thought, you know, I would have liked to have ridden today. Yeah. So I'm not very good at it. But, yeah, I'm never going to win, but it's a real personal challenge. Yeah, I think that's something you've got to have, a eh? Yeah. Like if, as a goal or something, a, yeah, a challenge. It, it is. Yeah. It, it gets me on that mountain bike. And, yeah. Mm. You know, not saying chiselled for fitness, but it needs to it chiselled like chisels your aggression or you you know you've got such a focus to to work to hey? yeah i need to ride yeah <laughs> um supermoto when did you start that uh i started that in 01 yeah okay yeah so okay so Stanthorpe. yes uh gary mccoy kx 500 time mm. that sort of era yeah that'd be about right yep exactly it exciting time yeah so what were you on then the 610 yep what a cool bike to do that on, eh? Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. It was good. So the photos I've seen of yourself out at um, Stanthorpe too, I'm guessing, the pics now looking at it. How long did you do that for? Mm, did it for a couple of years. It broke my arm really badly at uh, Bairnsdale at the first national round in 02. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is that where they had the – was Bairnsdale the opener? Yeah. In Victoria? Mm. So where'd you go, Bansdale? Where else was there? I don't know. I snapped my arm and half. So didn't and do anymore. Out of it. <laughs> yeah, like I broke it bad. That was okay. it. that was the end of it. Yeah. So this is when you're thirties. Yeah, like you're saying. Had a, had a mortgage and yeah. I remember ringing my mum from yeah um, Bansdale. Yeah. I won't tell you what she called me on the phone, and it wasn't. I don't even think she knew I was there. Yeah, right. And I couldn't get hold of my wife. Yeah. And I, once again, I'm there on my own. Yeah. And um, bike racing, eh? And, you know, I'm like, oh, mum, I've broken my arm. <laughs> yeah, don't want to hear that part. No. Are you, were you competitive straight away on the Supermoto? Yeah, I was winning when I broke my arm. Yeah. Yeah, I was winning that race. So so who was, who was promoting that at the time? That was... Um, Kev Williams. It was Kev, eh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they, they had some good riders come back through that. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. And so you did a few years in that out Stanthorpe and... Yeah, I did that. Then I stopped then and um, I... I don't know, I was, I was a rep for Cassins at the time. Yeah. And anyway, there was a change in Husqvarna distributorship at the time. Okay. From so who, who was doing it? Hans Applegrim was doing it. Okay. And he was helping me and then Paul Feeney took over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Paul Feeney asked him who he could get to ride Supermoto and Hans said, well, get John Hafey. And he said, fingers, oh, I know him. Yeah. <laughs> so he phoned up and said, do you want to ride this Eddie Seal replica? Oh, jeez. And I didn't want to, you know, I, I wanted to ride it, but I didn't want to race. Yeah. You know, because it's a plate to my arm. And, yeah, okay. And he said, well, if you want to ride it, you're going to have to race it. Yeah, okay, I'll race it. <laughs> <laughs> In. Yep. And I did, yeah. Because they, they, those Eddie Seal bikes, or that, that Husqvarna full factory bike, that was a pretty um, expensive bit of kit in 2004? Yeah, it was 30,000. 30 grand? Yep. Big bucks. Mm. Funny the relationships, hey, like you're talking about knowing Paul. Um, it's like 12 years after you would have met, you know, him taking your bikes over yeah. to WA. Yeah. Yeah. These things, like, yeah, obviously, you know, you know him and stuff, but, you know, 12 and years after, oh, I know someone that can do it, you know. And now relationships. I work, now I uh, work with all his ex staff. Really? Yeah. 
Okay, so, so oh, we'll get to where you're at and everything mm. soon. But um, what was it like to ride that bike? Yeah, fantastic. It's just a real good piece. That's of the coolest bike I've ever raced. Really? Yeah. They call what they call them a TE five eleven. It was a. Um, Is it TE? No, no. It was. Um, what was it called? An SM six thirty. SM. Yeah. Okay. So six thirty CC. Yeah. Where'd you ride that at Willowbank? I rode it. Uh, I raced it at um, Coffs Arbor. Was probably the best race. Rayleigh Park. Yeah, that yeah. I had on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, fun track. Yeah, what a track. So, the, who, who else got to ride that bike at that time? Do you know? Well, when I finished, did because, that then get uh, past the Troy? Yeah. Well, funny thing there is, I uh, wanted to move out of the accessory world in my working career, and yeah. Um, a job came up at Yamaha. Okay. To be a you know a bike rep. Yeah. And I got it. Yep. And I was thirty five, so I went and told, and they said, "Well, you know, you can't race that Asvana." And I'm like, mm, "Yeah, I guess so." Um, so I went and told Fiend. He's like, "Oh, I won't say exact words, but <laughs> he said, well, who are we going to get?'" And uh, I'd watched Troy ride at Rally on a CRF four fifty. Yeah. With another mate of mine, Jason Kane, who I used to race Super Sport with. Golden, yeah, Jason Kane. and he yeah. was there with him. Yeah, okay. And I was like, hmm, wow. And I said to Fiend, you know, I reckon you should get Troy Herfoss. He goes, oh, I know his old man because they're from Goulburn. Fiend's from Goulburn. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's how that all started. Is that right? Mm. When he came onto that bike, it was like it was meant to be. <laughs> or speak, sorry, the bike yeah. after the SMR5. Yeah. That, the, the next evolution, obviously, of bike. He also got Josh McFarlane and Chad Turnbull as well. So he had three riders. Yeah. But, yeah, Troy was, you know, to me, it was outstanding. I remember, you know, trying to get it through Stephen Cottrell's head that we needed to put him on a 600 Super Sport bike and he told me I was an idiot. Really? Yeah. Super talented. Yeah. I, I believe Jason Kane actually, I got a friend, it's a good friend with him, reckons that Troy is one of the most talented we've had here. Mm. I think Jason's pretty adamant. And fiercely determined. Yep. Yeah. yeah, competitor and everything, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, when he jumped onto that SMR, the, the next evolution of those bikes, mm. uh, I remember being out at Willowbank practicing supermoto. I'll use that term lightly, but seeing him come past and yeah. same with Josh McFarlane and that pre Aprilia yeah. time as well. Um, yeah. It was pretty cool. Cause yeah. That, that series, mate, that, that really escalated at that time, eh? Yeah, it took off and you then know, just died. Just died really quickly, <laughs> yeah. you know. There's a big investment, you know. We had um, Alex Gobert and Josh McFarlane, Aprilia, mm-hmm. Stuart Bennett, KDM, um, yeah. obviously a couple of other KTM guys as well at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, Husfana was uh, Adam Sini and Troy Herfoss. Yeah. Had some great riders come through. Oh, for sure, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, some good tracks too, you know, along the way and good events, mm. but it just dropped off really, really fast. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't. I've ridden once since then, but yep. I haven't, haven't ridden. You're at beta now. Yep. Would you build up a beta for it? Yeah, I would, and I'm sure Vic would. He's Vic's our warranty and service man. He was my mechanic. Really? At Phoenix, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is where the puzzle gets put together <laughs> yeah. a bit. So some yeah. of the people, obviously the people that were involved in, was it Feeney Motor Group? Yeah. Mm. With some good people. PFG, Paul Fenny Group. That's right, yep. it was. 
mm. um, good people along the way as well. So a lot of those people you're working with today. A- absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, I think Pat- Patrick was is my boss now. He was Fiend's right-hand man. He was very young at yep. the time and obviously learned a lot. Yep. Mate. Kept all the good people or, or you know, got them all back. And yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic team of people. Yeah, that's, that's good. And obviously um, as a brand now, um, yeah. Peter... Beta seems to be making a big dent in the off-road world. Yes. Globally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's obviously always been there, but I don't know whether it's um, algorithms. You're seeing more of it from more people, but mm. the, the championships, the this, that, the things that are shared online, they seem to be in a really good place, yeah? Yeah, I'll have won 13 World Enduro Championships in the last five years. It's insane. Yeah. What's his name, Steve? Halcom. Steve Halcom. Yeah. I'm going to pronounce that right. And he Brad. seems like a great brand and person. Brad Freeman as well. Great brand people, eh? Yeah. Yeah, the what? brand, the brand, um, you know, it's a family-owned brand, family-owned company. Still? Yes. Same family's owned it for 100 years. Is that right? Yeah. So is it one of the older motorcycle, off-road motorcycle yes. manufacturers? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they do all their stuff in-house. Yep. Yeah. Full house. Any exciting things coming? Yeah. There is. Yep. There's 2022 stuff, obviously. Yep. 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 In 2023. When, when you work, you've worked for many manufacturers, you've worked for mm. accessory companies. How far ahead are they? Like, would you be looking at 23 stuff in house? 24? Yeah, 23. About, about yeah. a year and a bit, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you need to order a year in advance so they can get production organised. Especially at the moment. Yep. You know, I guess that's a big, big, big part of it. Yeah, and it's, it's eye-opening for me to see how capable they are of making that happen, which, you know, sometimes can go back to the, the fact they're obviously good, you know, good relationships around the world that have been developed over a long time and they always pay their bills. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, yeah. and that relies on the Feeney thing I mentioned before too. Yes. It's a business of relationships. Yeah, it is. If you don't have that, it's, uh, it's all disappearing pretty quick. Yep. What else? Is, what else you done in the in the meantime? You've collected BMXs. You've collected bikes. What what's some of the toys that you've uh, still got or want to get? I don't think I want to get anything else. I think I'm cured. Done. Yeah. Fair enough. Probably a girlfriend. That'd be good. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. All the toys are done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the mountain bike? Is that Lapierre? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Good bike, same. Yeah. Really nice bike. Yeah, I sold my Husky. Yep. So I, the plan was to get all... I thought my mountain bike was good enough, but I soon found it in Narang that it wasn't. I yeah. Kept, kept breaking it, so... Isn't, isn't it um, funny you can chuck a bike straight into a place like that and within five minutes you realise how mm. underwhelming... You know, ride it for a year around the road and think this thing's all right and yeah. ride somewhere like that and find it's underwhelming. Yeah, well, for sure. I've got four mountain bikes. Yeah. So I've never sold any. <laughs> so um, I've got them all. Yeah. So I've got the evolution all the way through. It's just amazing. It's, uh, and that's uh, Lapierre you've kept? Gone. I've got I've got an 89 Specialised. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, a 97 Castan. What is a Castan? Well, Dave Fuller got that for me, actually. Oh, did he? Yeah. So the Castan family used to own Redline. Oh, did they? Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's quite a high-end bike and quite rare. Is Dave a BMX person, a mountain bike person? Or? Yeah, Dave used to work at um, BMX Promotions. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. He, he's someone that's got an interesting history as well. Mm. You know, first yep. man to win a race on a triple nine Ducati. 
Yeah, well, he was riding 250 proddies when I started. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys would have had some good battles as well? Yeah. 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 So he's still around the track a lot too? Yep, he is. What's the other bikes? What's the third one? Uh, I've got a GT, it's an 07. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty good. Seems like I bought it last week, but it's now a vintage bike. Yep. Um, it's funny how it, how it goes, eh? Yeah, I just handed that down to my little sister. Oh, did you? Mm. Yep. Lucky to be a KX. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. funny. Yep. Well, mate, um, we'll wrap it up. No worries. you got to get back up north. Yep. Skip all the traffic and uh, thanks for coming in. Like, genuinely, thank you so much for obviously taking the time out and appreciate um, appreciate the time because uh, everyone's busy. So yeah, it is. You thanks know, for coming in. It was difficult. I, I didn't know, you know, what part of my life we were going to cover. Oh, um, man, there's so much. Yeah, well, it's too much. and. That's the thing. There's so much to tap into as well. And I, I had, like, I didn't write anything down. I had a good, a good understanding of the things I wanted to sort of chat about and bike mm. industry stuff and whatnot. I, d- I certainly didn't expect to focus on road racing. So there you go. Really? No. No. Yeah, I, I just genuinely interested. I, I, I got such a passion for that part of the sport mm. as well. Um, yeah, I, I just love to see. I'd love to see it get back to how how yeah. how it was, and I feel it's tracking that way. The people we've got involved as the racers and stuff, like you look, the approachability of the top class riders at the moment is incredible. You know, yeah. your Mike Jones, your Troy Herfosses, Wayne, uh, Brian Starring, like they're all so approachable and good for the sport. So that's a good that. thing. Josh I'm, Waters, well, as you know, I've only just got back involved really, so um, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's good. Corey Turner, you're yeah. doing some stuff there, obviously. Yeah. It's cool. I, I appreciate to see that stuff too, mate, to see yeah. around the racetrack and you've got so much knowledge to pass on. Yeah, I like, I like working with Corey. Yeah. yeah. He's a talent, eh? Yes. Yeah. So, just, you know, if you haven't got a lot of time, I don't have a lot of time, you know, yeah. but I'll give up my time if the ride is worth it. Yeah. Yep. And that's something I've seen. I've seen you around at the tracks doing that. So mm. um, it's nice to see people doing that. Yep. Yeah. It's been done to you, obviously. So yeah, that's it's right. nice to have it back done. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, mate, thank Thank you. you. That's all we have time for on today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on our channel. The other places you can find us are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Give us a rating and a review. Tell your friends and uh, be safe, everyone, and enjoy your week.